No, he didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. It is uh, 2022, season one, week 10. We are very much closing in on that week 13. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. I'm Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I'm joined tonight just by Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? Good, good. Uh, we're back where it all started, the, the dream team, some might say. Yeah, some would say we just, uh, fired everyone and if that goes on social media it was for reasons on the letter say but we are just back to me and me and Braden. no it's uh, everyone else tonight you know racing and aog i don't even know what tim's problem is and alex Keller is just working late uh so unfortunately tonight is a no-go for everyone but us so look forward to just hearing me and Braden go back and forth about i don't know not much because it's a slow news week as well which is even better uh let's get into quickly brewster.coffee the place to go when you want to find your local coffee place especially if your current one is flooded uh and closed at the moment so you can go maybe 100 kilometers south where the floods aren't or north actually north queensland's a good place there's no floods in north queensland at the moment go check it out go to early beach you might find a really good uh coffee spot up there check out brewster.coffee to do that though uh, but uh, other than that, let's get into what we've been up to this week. Uh, quickly shout out to everyone who randomly found Locked On Lads Facebook page. Uh, there's a we've reached two hundred and sixty odd thousand people with one post with one meme. So expect to see more memes on there while we try and catch those those silly people who just want to click stuff on Facebook. It's, uh, that's all it's about these days. But um, I, I did have to laugh at that because, like, you know, you you put effort into posts, you know, you make up thumbnails, you you think of something really witty to write as a caption. This post was literally just a picture, no no writing, no nothing, no, no nothing. just and it was up there for a good twenty four for probably thirty six hours, and then all of a sudden, my phone just go went stupid, and Alexa's just like, "What the hell is going on with your phone?" I went. Oh, someone just shared our post to something big because everyone now is commenting and tagging people and sharing it. And it went from like, I went into the, the Discord into the working section up up where no one can see. And I dropped the post. I said, look at this, it's 5,000 reach. This is ridiculous. And uh, then 30, no joke, 30 minutes later, I went, we're at 45,000 on this. And then we're, we're in town, it's like 100,000. Like, oh, God. So yeah, it had to turn off notifications. But um, thank you to everyone who liked <laughs> whole of queensland being part of the south pacific i think it was south pacific i don't know what it was but um yeah it, it it's going it's going somewhere so thank you to everyone who liked that we've got uh just over 600 uh we've got over 600 followers now almost 600 followers on facebook and over 300 now on uh liking it as well so thank you to all those people who joined us uh, there is other cool stuff coming, um, but it's mainly just cool racing stuff and gaming stuff. But we'll see what memes we can get up there from now on. But yes, we've been flooded up in Queensland uh, and northern New South Wales. So our hearts do go out to anyone who's affected by it. Uh, personally, I survived it fine. No problems at all. Just works dis- disrupted and things like that. We had like almost two metres of rain over sort of a three, three to four day period, which is just crazy to even say out loud. Um, Tim, who's one of the Locked On lads, the original crew, not Tim Taunt, Tim uh, Timbo, we call him, or McDad, he was stuck in Gimpy for about 
three or four days until the waters have just dropped down now. The devastation in, in Gympie is crazy. Uh, Lismore, um, Mullumbimby, Wollombar, sorry, uh, as well. Um, Tweed Heads, Brisbane itself. Uh, even like Caboolture and places like that is, is just horrific. So shout out to all those people who are doing it hard and uh, hope we hope you guys can get it sorted pretty quick and the cleanup is good and you can sort it out and uh, you know ScoMo's done a GoFundMe for everyone so hopefully that'll that'll help out where, where it can but yeah anyway that that's that's the the serious side of things I just wanted to say Braden is it iRacing's testing for rain in iRacing when it comes is it going to have a scale of like one to ten however you want the rain and then the eleven is Australia. Yeah, so there's like aquaplaning and then there's aqua sinking. <laughs> just all the cars are just underwater. A, jet, a jet, jet ski simulator when you go up to Australia on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if there's anything good that comes out of it. Well, I shouldn't say this because I'm not someone that really is that excited for having people aquaplane into me. But, you know, maybe if some good comes out of it, maybe it'll help our racing uh, push, their, <laughs> push their rain model along. Uh, so quickly, I did see one on Facebook that was pretty good. It was a guy take a photo of his backyard. He goes, I guess the Brisbane River's now part of my backyard. And then on the upside, I've got a new jet ski. <laughs> Just a jet ski floated into his backyard. So he's like, sweet, off I go. Um, but yeah, let's get into the actual what we've been up to, mate. You've you've hurt yourself. You've got a serious racing injury. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I um probably the heart the last... leech went, which which manifested in a leg problem. Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe. I um I don't know. I've sort of over the last few months, every now and then, and probably a little bit more persistently over the last maybe month or so, if I have a you know solid session, um you know an hour or so in the rig, uh when I hop off the rig, a couple of times I've had this sort of like it's not even I don't know it's not that painful, but like this sort of weird shooting sensation in my right shin um which is obviously not all that great you know normally take a few steps and it happens maybe once or then you know maybe a minute later it might happen again and then after that it sort of goes away which is fine um but yeah i raced sunday night i'll talk about that in a second and then uh yesterday at work oh monday at work um literally just like every second step i would take i would feel that same sensation in my in my shin it was like wasn't overly painful or anything but like it was noticeably there um so yeah i decided to take the night off of the tcrs which was a bit of a shame it was the last round and in hindsight i probably could have way got, a trophy mate yeah i probably could have got third place by just turning up just about um which is a bit of a shame and i did put in some practice on the weekend as frustrating as that was um you know, to it was very good. It was going well practice too when I sat in voice with you and listened to no, you. Definitely not. There's <laughs> definitely a few expletives uh, passed over the Discord chat. I reckon you're up for a win. The way you were talking, I was confident in the win then. Yeah, I think it was like two and a half hours of practice and maybe one completed lap or something. So it was the Nordsch life. So you know, it's not like it was going around France Hatch Indy or something. I don't know. But yeah, so I gave, the, gave it the night off. Today, I've had a lot less of those feelings in my shin. Um, it's happened a couple of times, but definitely a lot less than it was yesterday. So, oh, it's your accelerator shin or your brake shin? My, yeah, my right leg, so accelerator. So, yeah, that's that sort of played into it. Like, brake foot around Nornschleife, I probably could have got away with it because, you know, there's a couple of heavy braking zones, but a lot of it's just sort of a little bit, but it's, also, it's a lot of flat out 
um, yeah. on the pedal and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I figured that I'd be better off taking the night off than, you know, having to, who knows, make it worse and spend the next month or something not racing. So I was going to jump on tonight, but I thought I'll just, I might just try and have a few nights off see how I go at work over the next couple of days and then give it another crack. And if it's bad again after, I'll yeah, have to have it looked at or something, I suppose. But yeah, it was, it's just a weird one because it wasn't overly painful. I know like I've had shin splints or similar things to shin splints a lot more when I was younger um, from wearing like the wrong shoes or, you know, those kind of things. And it's like that aching constant pain, whereas it's a bit yeah. more of like a, a shooting pain or not even a pain, just a shooting sensation. Yeah, so is there any chance it's actually your back? something and who knows every part of my body hurts so yeah oh, i know <laughs> that feeling don't worry could be could be anything <laughs> um I'll tell, I'll tell you a quick story i was um we're selling the house at the moment so we're getting everything pretty and i'm, I'm doing cable work which is the most frustrating thing in the world i'm doing cable work underneath my desk in my setup only to have to pull the cable work <laughs> apart in six weeks and then redo it again so I'm laying on my back after work. I'm exhausted and I'm underneath the table. I'm putting cables here, pulling cables there, shoving them up these places and making sure they're okay, not hanging out, can't be seen. And then I just fall asleep. Um, <laughs> I was there for about 40 minutes. Alexis went out. She picked the kids up from school, come home, you know, started doing stuff with the kids and all of a sudden I start stirring and there's about 40 minutes sleep underneath the computer desk <laughs> just where I just passed out because that's where I was doing cable work on my back. Well, it's a bit like, you know, with COVID and everything at the moment, and it's like, you know, don't come to work if you're not feeling sick or if you're fatigued or whatever. I'm like, I wake up every morning feeling <laughs> fatigued and sick and awful. So yeah. if I go on that basis, I'll probably not ever work again a day in my life. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like, oh, take a chance, don't I? <laughs> at the height of COVID, it was one of those things is don't come to work yet if you've got COVID symptoms. I'm like, I've got COVID symptoms. Every <laughs> yeah, exactly. like everything aches. I've got no no energy. My like you know everything headaches, all that kind of stuff. So. But yeah. yeah, so didn't didn't race last night. I did race Sunday night, obviously, um, which may have been the cause of not racing last night. But um, yeah, we did SRW. We both uh, jumped in the V8 uh, around one of my favourite tracks, the Nurburgring GP track, which uh, I really really enjoyed the non Death Chicane version. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a bit of a disappointing night, to be honest. Like, we did some practice on Friday night, and I put in a really, really good time, almost broke into the, the 55s, or 6,000th stuff jumping into You've the You've got to stop getting close to a second, <laughs> yeah, breaking into a next second, because you just lose it. <laughs> it's, probably why my, it's probably why my leg was so sore. It's probably actually Friday night, the extra yeah. 50 laps I didn't need to do. You said a 56.5, and you just turn it off. Yeah. If you said a 56.1, you're like, I can do a 55 here. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, yeah, so I was, yeah, didn't have a great qualifying. Um, probably my own fault to a degree. Uh, obviously, with open qualifying and being relatively quick, everyone wants to try and tag onto the back of you and, and enjoy some free free time off the off their lap time, which I was trying to was avoid. Me to have to reset my bloody car, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that ended up costing me three, four minutes here and there, which at the time I thought, oh, whatever, it cost me three, four minutes. Who, who really gives the stuff? Um, but then couldn't string a lap together and only managed uh, like a 156. No, did I, I don't even think I did a 156. I think it was a low 57. 
which was, yeah. you know. I think it was a 57.1 and a 57.0 was, was pole. Yeah, which is over a second slower than the time I set on Friday night. Um, and on the last lap, I off-tracked coming through the chicane, which I did a 56.4 or something, a 56.5. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was miles quicker than, than anyone else. But I guess because I was stuffing around at the start of qualifying, trying to be smarty pants rather than just going out and doing laps and knowing that I should be, you know, half a second, six tenths quicker than anyone else in the field. Um, really, it shouldn't matter if they have toe or not. I should still get pole. So that's my little lesson for this week. And and hopefully I'm able to sort of put that in uh, for next week. So I ended up qualifying on the front row. I make it sound like it was a disaster. It wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah got, got a... disasters are very different to my disasters, so, <laughs> to be honest. They're very similar to actually to my absolutely outstanding nights, to be honest. It's funny though, because like, I feel so much better when like I know I'm in a field of like 30 cars and I'm like car 25. Like you, the, yeah. the pressure, there's no pressure, any progress. You make 10 positions and come 15th, you feel like a hero. When you start first or second and you don't win, yeah. you feel like you feel like a nothing. But we talk, you, you've talked about it in the in the, the low soft. Like you've got everything to lose uh, in yeah. the officials, uh, but if you're in a high soft and you're the low car, you've got absolutely everything to gain and, and nothing to lose. So it's just yeah. one of those. So race one sort of kicked off. I was in, started second, had an okay start. Um, Stefan Lawrence got away to a good start and put a little bit of a gap between me and him on the first little bit. I was probably a bit cautious. Um, 77 leaders in the car, so I didn't really want to push too hard. And he sort of got out to just over a second gap, which over the first couple of laps I reeled in pretty pretty easily. Um, we sort of got pretty close. I, I had a look uh, a couple of times. Um, but in doing so, ended up spinning the wheels a little bit out of the final corner, um, which basically just sent me on a spiral for that lap, something I guess I haven't really experienced too much. Uh, with And in basically, I've qualified pole every, every week so far, except for this week, which means I've normally got off the line first and then sort of just driven away from people. Um, having to be behind someone in the first race of the night isn't something I've done so far. Uh, which is good. It's a good learning experience. Um, and I just, yeah, pushed a little bit too hard, spun the wheels a little bit and didn't realize how much I then needed to probably be careful for the next lap because then I spun the wheels again in turn three and then spun the wheels again in the hairpin down the bottom of the hill, um, which just made me lose grip. And I, I kept making that mistake. And all of a sudden that two tenths I was behind had gone back out to to second and I felt like I just didn't have any pace because of the way the tires were acting and then just coming uh, out of the, the left right that sends you up to the hill um, up towards the chicane just dropped half a tire in the sand and you know I dropped a tire in the sand a couple of times there in practice but never had had the reaction that the car did and the back end just stepped out and then completely snapped back the other way and put it in the wall so that was a bit disappointing managed to limp it back into the pits probably lucky the engine didn't blow to be honest and i had to tow because i hit it very very hard and on a pretty you know significant angle um managed to get back out got caught up in a little bit of traffic of people that were a little bit slower and was having trouble getting past another thing that i need to learn how to do in the v8s um is how to you know actually make a move i i i finding it really difficult i feel like i'm far enough back to set up a move but then i'll pick up so much speed through the corner that i end up right on someone's bumper 
and which means that it affects my run and then I don't get the run into the next turn and to make the move. So for certain cars, especially when there's that big speed differential, I, I really need to set up the move from a lot further back because I'm just making up so much time in the braking zone and through the corner that I'm ending up compromising my own exit and, and getting stuck behind. So I think I ended up finishing 13th or something. Yeah, with, that... with such a wide car and such a big heavy car, it's that exit speed which is what gets you the overtake. It's not so... yeah. yeah, cool diving down deep under brakes. Yeah, cool, but you can really compromise yourself on exit then as well if you don't do it right. Like you've really got to time that right. And yeah. Put your car in the right position. But yeah, to do it other any other way, you've got to well basically combine those two. You've got to get that good exit which gets you alongside, which means you can put yourself in that position where they can't. You've got the best line and, and can get away quicker. Yeah. And and I guess one of the things I'm probably struggling with a little bit from racing in the SRW league in the super split twos at the moment. And I'm sure you heard my mental breakdown in discord after, after the race on Sunday night is like, we're, I've come from racing the skips in Aussie car and, you know, racing the two Alexes and, and racing Chasty and, and Ben and, and um, th- those guys, Russell, who we all know each other very, very well. We all know if we play fair, you know, for the first five to 10 laps of a race and, and don't do anything crazy. We're going to get the field and we're going to have a, a battle in the last, you know, three or four laps. Um, I'm finding people don't necessarily have that same ideal theory when it comes to racing in the league. And, and, and it's that conversation that Alex constantly talks yeah. about on the podcast. You know, the, the conversation that people are having in, in that league with where, the way they're driving their cars is very different to what I'm used to. And, when I'm coming up on a car and I know there's a section where, hey, look, this is probably not the best place to pass. I'm sitting behind and being patient, but they're assuming I'm going to try and attack. So they're, they're running defensive lines into corners that I'm not even trying to, to overtake at this point and holding us both up. And then all of a sudden I get a, because they've taken a defensive line, I get a run, but then they take the defensive line into the next corner. And all of a sudden we've driven half the track and we're too wide when I yeah. didn't even want to be too wide in the first place and, and it's costing us time. And then I'm getting frustrated at that. Um, and then, you know, I make mistakes. Um, so it's something I've got to try and adjust to. I either need to be one or two things more aggressive um, and just, you know, really get the move done early, or I need to somehow with my car be better at making that conversation really clear that, Hey, I'm not a threat to you at this point in time let's get through this section and then maybe after that I'll be a threat to you. But, you know, yeah. going through this chicane or this left left right hander that there's not really an overtaking opportunity, we don't need to be too wide through here because all that's yeah. doing is costing us both time. Um, it, it comes down to a lot of things we talked about in the past, is knowing who you're driving against, knowing that conversation, but it's also knowing which drivers are going to give you room and which aren't. And, and you definitely already, what, four or five rounds in, you know which, which guys are now going to, you know, make it hard for you to overtake and yet that becomes a problem, but you gotta work out the best way to, to deal with that. Yeah. And um without losing your temper and punting them. Um <laughs> yeah, or yeah. or punting yourself somehow. Yeah, and you know, like an example of it was I think it was Pete Morris, you know, out of the hairpin. He recognized I'd come from five seconds back in, you know, two and a half laps of Which of, I think he did later on. He came from five seconds back at the hairpin uh turn one. And almost <laughs> <the field> out. <laughs> not that kind of five seconds back but you know i was five <laughs> seconds back of him and you know he clearly identified hey this guy's obviously a little bit faster than me i'm not yeah. going to hold him up if i try and hold him up it's going to hold him 
him him up as yeah. well. You know, ultimately, I you know, this sounds arrogant and sounds like a bit of a you know dick saying, but ultimately, I was going to get him whether it was this lap, the next lap, yeah. the lap after. If we fight for three laps, all that does is drag him back closer to the people who he wants to avoid, and it stops me from progressing up the field. So you know. He let me through in a spot where it didn't cost him much time. It didn't cost me much time. And that was perfect. You know, it, it worked it, it worked out for both of us. When two people fight who kind of aren't really fighting each other, most likely, all that does is drag other cars in into the fray. And I think yeah. that's just it's a bit of race craft. There's it's a, a good, bit of... good thing. A good example with that too is, especially when you haven't pitted and the person behind you has yes. pitted. Yes, yes, um, yes. Because you aren't fighting with that person, you're fighting the person thirty seconds back. So you holding yourself up, not letting them pass, is actually costing you positions you don't even know about yet. Because all of a sudden, that's that exactly. thirty second gap you had is now twenty six seconds. You could have lost two or three positions in that, depending where the group is. Yeah, um, but also if you do it right, you can actually gain some time by getting like a draft. If you if you let them pass at the right time at the right speed and get in behind them, you can gain like three or four tenths. Yeah, um, and, or, or war down a straight. Yeah, and if you can't stick with them, maybe you don't get that big of an advantage from it, right? Huh. Like, you know, say if someone's two, three seconds a lap quicker, you know, three or four turns and they're gone. But, but how, you know, how you, much you does might... five tenths or four tenths or three tenths really help you in the end? Oh, like, exactly. It could be a mean a lot. Exactly. <laughs> and especially in the V8s where track position's king, um, you know, it can, make a bit, it can make a big difference. So I guess, yeah, my, my, my spew to people would be just, just <laughs> think about those kind of things because you're you might not you might feel really great that you had this good battle for a lap and a half with the guy who was leading the race or you might have a really good battle with this guy who's just come out of the pits but you know for me it happened on in the second race you know i was i was fighting someone for a a lap and a bit on brand new tires than they were on 17 year old tires and i had to be really careful because i didn't want to get bumped off the track or you know whatever but all we did was slow each other slow each other down, and I'm I'm guilty as well because I engaged myself in that battle. But you know, I also can't drive around four seconds a lap slower than what I could be yeah. to just just to to not fight. I just I just think it, it's it's thinking two, three, four steps ahead, not just thinking about what's happening right now on the track right at this moment. And it feels great when you go too wide around a corner with someone. But it doesn't feel great at the end of the race when you're six positions lower down than you should be because you you held yourself up in a battle that you didn't really need to be having. So it's hard, well, and I I sound like a complete tool talking yeah, about it like, about me podium. about yeah like and I I acknowledge that it's very easy in my position as someone who's at the front of the super two field I could be doing the exact same thing to people in super ones if I get you know, promoted or whatever. And maybe I'm that guy who's battling people for no reason, but I'd like to think I go, Hmm. Okay. This guy's for a, a, two, a second and a half, a lap slower, uh, faster than me. He's going to catch me in the next three or four laps, regardless. Like he will yeah. get this move done. I'm not racing him. I'm going to, you know, make, you don't have to pull over off the side of the road. No one's asking you to do that kind of stuff, but you know, break that little bit earlier when he gets alongside you so you're not going too wide through the corner and then tuck in behind, you know, 25 meter, you break 25 meters earlier and all of a sudden you both go through, you know, it's that lifting on the straight a little bit while he gets back onto the racing line so you can both go through using the optimal racing line instead of going through the chicane too wide. Yeah. Yeah, Little things like that. 
asking yourself, how can I win out of this situation rather than, you know, what's the most fun or what's the, what's, what's, what can I do to, you know, keep the, you know, battle this person? Like, how do I win out of this? Yeah. And to win out of this is to let you, let the, let the person go at the right time, get in behind them, get that little, a couple extra cents boost that you've possibly get. And, and, and- just being behind someone is such a different experience to being in front of them anyway. Like it yeah, can yeah. improve. Like you might find two or three corners behind them and you're like, oh, there's a break in here. Yeah. And and I almost don't even like that term, let the person bite, you know? Like no. like I'm not I'm not asking like I'm not asking as a person on the track to be like, hey, get out of my way. This is my track. You shouldn't be on no. here. But what I'm asking, I guess what I'm saying is think about the big picture of where your yeah. position is in the race and what like Ira always says. What's going to get you to the line in the shortest amount of time possible? And going too wide for a lap and a half is definitely not the answer to that question. Yeah, well, Um, you're just increasing those odds of you ending up in the wall accidentally. Like going too wide, it's a like we said, we talked about before practicing the lines. I'm sure those people haven't practiced the outside line trying to hold a position for the next corner. Like that's not the laps they've been doing. The fast laps is, is the optimal line. That's what you know the best. So, yeah. Why why put yourself in a position where you're not going to be using that line? It's only going to add risk to your race. And, you know, 30, 40 seconds or, or race ending crash is, is way worse than, oh, here we go. We let that once someone passed, it was going to get passed. I'm not, okay. We made, we made a good move where the person ended up ahead of me that was going to end up ahead of me anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, second race was going okay. Got a pretty good start. I had an unfortunate little tap with um, Stefan Lawrence into turn one. Um, I got a bit nervous of the people breaking behind me, and it was one of those ones where you kind of let off the brake a little bit for fear of you being the one that's going to get cr- hitting, yeah. the, hitting the the rear. And it just got me close enough. And the way the cars react sometimes on iRacing, you literally just spun sideways. It was one of those ones where I, I didn't get a zero X, so I thought it was one of those ones where I didn't actually touch him. But when I looked back on the replay, I definitely just just touched the side back side panel of um his car which turned him around which is a bit annoying a bit of a shame because i've hit him twice in the last two weeks or three weeks got got Um, it out for him don't you apparently so (laughs) um but yeah it was started like 13th or 14th made was making my way through the field pretty well um was all the way up into third um and sort of catching the leader um and unfortunately just i think from talking to roy and doing a little bit of looking in the replay looks like maybe i downshifted a little bit too quickly uh, coming into the left right hander um, as you go through after the the Schumacher S um, and just brakes locked on the rear spun touched the grass and I was just a passenger literally couldn't do anything about it um, and hit can't remember who it was to be honest um, but yeah actually I could check on Discord because I sent him a message after to apologize uh, but uh, Chris Tomlin so um yeah so spun him and him and myself around um he drove off i was a little bit behind had to let a few cars through um the annoying thing was i was planning on pitting the lap before um but was forced into going sideways uh sorry sideways going through uh too wide the chicane and i was on the inside on the approach to the chicane which meant that i didn't have the uh, right hand side to get across into the pits so i had to stay out for one more lap which obviously is the lap of course that ends up causing the crash so <laughs> it was a bit annoying because i shouldn't have been in the, that spot anyway um got a five second penalty which we'll come into it 
in the second. <laughs> um, managed to, to fight my way back through the field. After the after I pitted, I think I was about 10 seconds off of Roy and Daniel Schultz. It was like 10 or 11 seconds off. Managed to get all the way back up to about 1.5 seconds behind them on the last two or three lap. I think it was the second to last lap. So it was, you know, in a chance to possibly maybe get up there and take the win. Problem was I wasn't going to get five seconds away from them unless they crashed into each other, which meant that I wouldn't have actually got the win anyway, but it would have been yeah. a little bit of a moral victory. Uh, but coming down into the hairpin at the bottom of the hill, just again, like had some kind of brake locky thing. I'm not really 100% sure. Drove very slowly off the edge of the track into the into the sand and got back on. But the problem was I was about 10, nine or 10 seconds ahead of the car behind me in fourth which all of a sudden was down to 4.1 <laughs> by the time I got back onto the track. So I had like a lap and a half to try and gain a second on fourth place so that I wouldn't lose lose uh, third place, um, but managed to, to get it. So the whole lap, you guys could hear me in Discord going, yeah. it's 4.4, it's 4.6, it's 4.8. <laughs> and then when I crossed the line, I think it was about 5.3. So yeah. it worked out all right. So I ended up still managing to get a podium, but... It was just another another week, and I feel like I'm saying this a lot with the V8s at the moment. It's another week that could have been better. Could have been. Um, and not through lack of pace or practice, but unfortunately through lack of racecraft and, and lack of uh, talent, I guess, at this point. <laughs> but we'll get there. I'm enjoying the challenge of the V8s, and, and I'm definitely learning a lot. Yeah, and I I had a... I won't say I had a very similar one, but I the the result was very similar where um it was not as good as I'd hoped. Um but it, it it's purely me timing seat is my problem right now. And I was talking off the record to um uh Car Withy actually uh last night about a few things and uh shout out little shout out to Carl at the at the end of almost done with him, but um yeah, I was just saying how like Red Bull Ring got two top tens, and I spent a good week and a half practicing for Red Bull Ring, yep. and I just haven't had the chance since. And like I have every intention to jump in and practice, but I don't. And you know, you could see tonight. I oh, sorry on Sunday night, I'd put a little bit of practice in, which meant that I qualified like fifteenth or sixteenth, which is the best qualification I've had in a while. Mm. Um, but then just went backwards, and then just made errors and and just compounded into some pretty ordinary results yet again. But um, that's where I'm at. Like, I feel, and it, it's like skippies again. It's uh, the second race is way better than the first race because I've had a whole practice session <laughs> yeah. of, of race one to get used to it. And and race two, I feel like I'm almost unbeatable, which uh, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, qualified 15th, I had, had your moment at the turn one where I'm looking in the rear vision mirror rather than looking at, at the person ahead because there's a, a bullet in a Mountain Dew car coming flying at me and uh, he's even put himself onto the grass which I, I'm as soon as I saw that and he's sideways and I'm like oh no this is not going to end well I can't do anything here but uh, to his credit saved himself and and cut the, cut the corner and come out the other side okay and in that coming out the other side I've collected someone but it was just side to side contact that was fine but that sort of put me off a little bit and all wide through those first few corners is just not not my cup of tea. So I just sort of pulled out of battles and, and pushed myself to the back. And we had a we had a pretty good train of of cars. And I think I sat behind like Greg Johnson and uh, Johnston and um, Peter Morris as well. But we had Matthew Mites. We had a few others up front. A few maybe one or two of the front guys who'd spun had come back to us as well. 
and we're sort of battling away and we were six or seven along trade and I was sitting there in sort of 20th or something feeling all sad but then I can see 12th just up ahead so I'm like oh you know these guys will take each other out we're, we're good and unfortunately they didn't and then I just made a few mistakes at the end I think it's I don't think it's my tire wear I, I am just overheating the tires at the points and I'm hitting spots that I shouldn't be like it was the exit of um ball coming on to the so the, the the left right um coming onto the short straight where you turn left I think it's four um just getting the inside wheel on the ripple strip and every time I did it I could feel it rotate the car and the tail would kick out or the nose would go the wrong way I don't know what it was but my tail the end result would be um massive oversteer coming out of the corner even when I was gearing early and never put it into the wall never fully spun it around but it was enough to put me sideways hold it up almost get down to no momentum and then have to take off it was about a four or five second self penalty every time I did it and um so I was there I was all over the back of Greg and it was one of those things of I don't want to I don't want to make the move because all it's going to do is put me between two cars I'm happy to be at the back of this tail and just wait for something to happen and then make my moves at the end so I'd, I'd pull out every now and then or I just wouldn't quite I wasn't looking to time it right and then you know with three or four to go I've made that mistake and then I'm pushing hard trying to catch up but I just couldn't make up four to five seconds in, in three laps on these guys and yeah, I had a few people up front spin out, which helped out and helped me get a few positions, but not enough to, to really make it matter. And then race two was a better start. I was on the outside, which helped, so I went really wide and then sort of was on the inside for turn three, which uh, I think it was Jacob Hughes cut across Callan Hodgson and um, spun him, which put him right on the apex facing 90 degrees to where he should be. And car in front hit him, but I didn't react in time and I square hit the back of him really hard and then behind me hit me really hard so I was in the sandwich and lost my boot and lost the front end of the car and sort of had to make the decision the car wasn't too slow from there like I was still sitting about two seconds off the pack and not losing them so I'm like okay well we'll keep on going because it's a fuel sensitive race and I'll go to lap three or four and I think that's where the critical lap was it turned out to be i could have just filled it up and gone and, and kept going at any stage but um sort of pitted at lap four put the fuel in which was enough and then put the tires on but that left obviously then 17 odd laps for me to try and get these tires home uh to my credit i think it was about 73 was the worst percentage on the tires after all that time so i looked after them pretty well but and that the idea was i get myself out of the fighting which is what was holding me up most of the time. Like if I'm just hot lapping and don't have to concern myself with anyone, I'm actually quite consistent and fast. It's when I'm in with other people and having to react and do different lines and stuff like that, I just make mistakes and go slow. So I figured this is where I'm going to overtake people. I'm going to do the least amount of fuel out of everyone because I'm just not using fuel in this thing. So I'm going to have the quickest uh, lap event, uh, pit stop of anyone. So that's going to make me some time anyway. And I sort of came out and I had Greg in front of me. So I'm like, okay, Greg's 31 or 33 seconds ahead of me. So that's my mark. That's what I'm aiming for. And I think I had him down to about 15 seconds at one stage. And I'm like, okay, cool. So obviously they're battling or making mistakes or whatever. So I'm like, I've, I've cleared about four or five cars, six cars. So this is really good. And then brain fade, 
whatever it was and spun the car and the, uh, it was a 13 second longer lap than what it should have been so i lost 13 seconds there which sort of put me back to where i was and everyone started to come out of the pits and i think i was about 15th or 16th and sitting okay and like this is good this is a good result and then made a couple more errors which then led a couple of people past about three like three or four seconds of mistakes so about 20 odd seconds worth of mistakes which any any race that's that's too much and that that's just it's um negates all the advantage you have of, of doing a good race it's super depressing when you go back and you look at like your lap times and you see the laps where you spun it. This is what yeah. I did. And I'm like, oh, so that lap was 12 seconds slower than my normal lap. And that lap was seven and a half seconds slower. I finished third by, you know, four seconds and yeah. I've given up 20 seconds in spinning myself. It's like, oh gosh, I should have won that race by 15 well, seconds. It's like, oh. It's a terrible so- thing with the Ford. It's on your steering wheel. It tells <laughs> yeah. you how big the delta is. So as soon as I spin, I'm like, oh, here we go. And that's all I'm watching for the rest of that. I'm like, okay, there's 13 seconds. <laughs> okay, there's seven seconds. <laughs> okay, there's another six seconds. And I'm just adding it up in my head. I'm going along and then just watching and going, oh, Mighty finished 26 seconds ahead of me. Sweet. I should have been battling with Mighty at the end of the race. So, yeah. Anyway, it, <laughs> it's sort of what it is. And I've just got to get more time to practice. Uh, get used to it. I, I think I'm definitely come a long way as far as understanding the concept of the car. Like I can jump in and drive the car fairly consistently from day dot on a track. Yeah, well, I even think back to that first Hockenheim practice session we jumped in, and you know I wasn't even planning on racing the car at that point. I was just sort of jumping in to to help you guys out a little bit with whatever I could help with, which was yeah. very limited knowledge at the time. And we both struggled to get around the first t- first two turns, yeah. you know, for a good 45 minutes. And I think we both definitely make some big strides. Yeah, definitely. And I, I understand the, the downshifting because that's what was costing me at Spa. I was definitely dropping. You, you just, because Roy got in my ear and said, you know, drop really, really quick. But I was probably starting the process too early. So by the time I hit third, yeah, the, the tail just kicked. And you end up facing the wrong way, and there's nothing you do about it. Like once you've, you've done that, so uh, especially I found at um, the ring turn one, I had to really I get to third okay, but I had to really time that getting to second and then getting to first to turn in, um, because if I did either of those two a fraction too early, the car was just just wants to go ninety degrees, yeah. and then just sit there at ninety degrees. <laughs> I found that there was like yeah. The- you can do two downshifts pretty quickly, but you definitely can't do three. Um, yeah. and, and and different corners will depend on which two downshifts they they will be. Yeah, so sometimes you can go going to. Yeah, sometimes you can go from six to fourth really quickly and it's fine. But other times you go, um, you know, six six to fourth and it's not okay. Or you do fifth to third and it's fine. But the next time you have to go fifth, then fourth, then third. You, know, you have that little break in between the, the initial change. So it's something I'm, I'm figuring out a little bit as well. Before we and move you know on. what fixes that? I'm in the seat. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Something <laughs> neither of us do enough of. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, before we move on, because I know no Anne's car for you this week, which is a bit of a shame. Both you and Timmy uh, didn't, didn't manage yeah. to get on for, for Anne's car. I have to give a shout out to the SRW commentators from the Super Split 2 on, on <laughs> Sunday night. A couple of things. 
One, I love how they spent a good two laps discussing how I possibly forgot to put fuel in my car, but didn't realize I'd, I hadn't, wasn't that I'd run out of fuel and only had my qualifying set on. It was because I'd binned it into the wall. So that never got shown. So <laughs> as far as anyone's concerned on the broadcast, I just uh, left my quality set on and that's why I was so far behind. It wasn't anything to do with my poor driving. Uh... But two, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Mustang, Holden, Absolutely zero difference in how they drive zero at, difference. at, they at are any the track, identical right? car. Yeah. It is just a different so, look on the outside. I, I thought so. So the boys had a, a good chat about how, wow, it's really looking like the Mustangs, you know, it seems to be holding the, the track at Nürburgring a lot better. And I was thinking in my head, hold on a second, the cars are exactly the same. Like I can put my Mustang, I can put a Mustang set up on my super, yep. uh, my Holden and it makes no difference. So just a shout out to you boys. Uh, doesn't make a difference what car you drive, but it's going to be just as quick either way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did, did uh, have a bit of a laugh from that. Uh, the boys have been doing a really good job though. Um, and the, the leaps and bounds that they've come across from uh, week one and, and the last few broadcasts has been really, really good to see. So um, keep up the good work, uh, the SRW boys. And even the, the quality of the broadcasts has been going a lot better as well. I'm sure you'd probably agree with that, Pete. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I haven't given a chance to watch too many of them, but once I have, look, it's really good. And having done a lot more of this stuff now, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the look, you, you can make silly mistakes like that all the time. And not just, it, it, it takes a lot to, to know everything. Uh, and it's very hard to actually know everything. So I think um, it's I think it's why you know we really appreciate how listening to like commentators like Hainsey and stuff when they commentate because they've got the time to- or they might not have the time but they put in that extra work to make sure they know what's going on they know things about the track they understand the race structure. Unless you're talking about the other night when they were talking about <laughs> putting some extra fuel in the car when the poor old Pro-Am boys had 100 litres on on board for, for the Nürburgring. But generally speaking, you know, the good guys like David, they, they really put in that extra effort to um to bring that little bit more to the, to the broadcast, I suppose. Look, there's a person who's done 200, 300 broadcasts and there's a person who's done 20 broadcasts. You can literally hear the difference in those two people just by watching a broadcast you know exactly how many the people have done hardly any compared to the ones that have done lots the only way you get to do lots is by actually doing physically like time in the seat time in the in the broadcasting chair so look for shout out to anyone who's actually giving it a go we do need more skilled commentators in the industry for sure in the australian industry um and it's really hard to get that because they burn out extremely quickly uh, you can count on your hand, probably. I'd 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 almost put it in one hand, probably two hands. The amount of skilled commentators we have in Australia right now that have got put in the yards. I was gonna say at least at least that are able to broadcast on a consistent consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, for sure. So um, the and like I said, the only way to do that it's like going for a job interview when you're 17. It's like oh, you got no experience. Well, how do I get experience without you giving me a job? It's the same with commentating. Unless you you've got the experience, you're not going to be People aren't going to sit, be sitting back. Oh, this guy's amazing. This guy's great. I love listening to this. It's always going to be, oh, they could be doing this. They could be doing that. And, you know, yeah. I'm getting a bit frustrated by this. But so, yeah. yeah. Shout out to the, I forget who does the the Super 2 split broadcast. But yeah, I've, I've really. Oh, the Kiwis, they don't really 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I've really enjoyed going back and watching it, watching him um, later that night. So yeah, shout out to you guys. I guess if uh, we are trying to get some more skilled commentators, if there's anyone who does want to try their hand at commentating here or there, you know, Pete might know. might have a spot for you sometime. Yeah, look, speaking of that, we we went into um, I'll I'll give you a little bit of backstory into Wednesday night. We did our second broadcast ever. I'd done no practice in a week. Um, we'd done no overlays in a week. My week had been horrendous. Um, still is horrendous. Um, but then we went into Wednesday night. Um, good friend of the show and Locked On Lads TV commentator, uh, Carl Withy Wilkinson, had his dad pass away on Wednesday, um, which was devastating um, for him and for anyone who knew him. Um, now, this was a very recent thing that happened. Uh, I won't go into any more details than that. It is one of those things is now he's out of suffering, which is a good thing, but obviously knocked Carl around. To his credit, he did not pull out of the broadcast. Um, I myself was having one of those days where I felt like I couldn't even broadcast, and obviously I did because I knew how much he was going through. It just basically dwarfed my problems, um, but he put in an absolutely stellar effort. Now we asked Ed Foster join us that night because that allowed two things me to just concentrate on broad uh, on on producing which is what i need to practice the most um but also then gave carl a little bit of a break from talking um and someone to bounce off that had a little bit more experience than than i did which uh would help him out so massive shout out to carl with you wilkinson for doing that um and actually, you know, going on, your dad would be absolutely proud of you, mate. And thank you so much for, for being such a talent in the industry and, and definitely one of those people that I'm counting as one of the most experienced and, and best commentators in the industry. So, um, look, thank you so much for what you do for our community and thank you so much for what you did on the night. And uh, thank you, Ed, for just stepping up and um, helping out at such late notice because we couldn't have done it without you either. So um, on that note... Very well we said. did broadcast, um, which was good, and we had a pretty good show. And I got to just sit back and um, work the cameras and just give my two cents every now and then. And I think there was a very distinct start, and then there was a very distinct finish. And I think I, I, for the first time at the end, I felt like I had actual control over what was going on, um, yeah, putting yeah. things up at the right time. And things like I was. That. I was going to say it was someone who I watched the first, well, I watched bits and pieces of the first broadcast. I tried to go back and watch some of it on replay, but we were recording the podcast that night um, and then watched the second one. Even with the watching it the first, the first one where I didn't have the sound on or anything like that, like it was noticeably um, smoother and better and the transitions worked better. You know, the timing tower looked great. Um, all of those things. So as, as someone who was just observing, um, I, you could tell the improvement straight away. Yeah, so look, I was I was pretty happy with it. We've got some artwork in the background, new overlays coming down the pipeline very soon. I've seen them; they look fantastic, and I can't wait to bring them to you. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting because you know you you threw out the thing. I reckon six months ago about we found the camera packs. Um, and I went back and found that link and and downloaded the the camera packs, and gee, they make a difference. Like I was yeah. able to. They've got for the the over ones in particular. They've got entry for turn one, exit of turn one, one two, exit of three, back straight, front straight, and I was able to use them to give other than just you know 
on board or, or you know behind view or tv1 tv2 tv3 really mix it up really well so um i've got to get in and learn that this is we're talking about the, the preparation and the time behind for the before the things i need to get practice with and that's what i've got to do i've got to exactly know what camera does exactly what thing uh knowing the numbers of the cars is another big thing i'm finding that um <laughs> we're getting there i actually picked up a couple crashes live on stream this time which was good i'm like sitting there going there's a pack of about six or seven here that are within a second of each other. And I know a couple of names that are in there. So I'm just going to go watch this for a second. And then no, no doubt. There we go. Someone calls the spin and we got it live on, on camera, which is really good. But uh, I worked out the replays a bit better. as well. This week. So, yeah, we're going to Vegas tomorrow night. So well, you won't, you'll already see it by the time it goes live, but yeah, check out the Thunder series live on Locked On Lads. YT on, on YouTube, Locked On Lads on Twitch, and Locked On Lads on Facebook. And we're, we're going to see you and Tim sneak into the, the last remaining 10 to qualify on Thursday night? I'm. This is what I was going to talk about before. Um, I've put time in seats. Uh, not enough, but tomorrow is another story. I'll be um, hopefully sitting in the seats a bit. We've, I've got the time. It's hard. Every time I do a lap around Vegas, I, these cup cars, you burn the rears so quickly in them. So pushing them the first lap on a two-lap quali means I turn, I spin on the exit of fourth turn four, one hundred percent of the time on lap two, uh, which is always your quickest. So I've got to sacrifice a lot more lap one to get the time on lap two. I can cut a little bit off. I'm about half a second behind Timmy at the moment. Uh, Timmy, I I have no doubt he'll qualify. He'll be in the in, in part of the ten extra people who get in. Um, I've just got to get get around where he is. So. He's a little um, bit of a sneaky oval gun, isn't he, young Tim? Timmy, Cole? he knows his stuff. He's yeah. and he puts his time in. And congratulations to him for like he seriously puts his time in, and he he knows his stuff. He knows his cars. He knows his limits. Um, and that's I, I I'm doing data for for um NASCAR, which is helping me out. Cause I'm sitting there. First thing is I'm like I can't get within a second of him. I'm not gonna race. That's it. And I put the two next to each other. I'm like, there's a 10 degree difference in track temperature here, just straight <laughs> up. And I'm like, hold on, Tim, you're not using the brakes at all. He goes, no. Nah. Oh, I mean, he's trying to, you know, turn in with a bit of brake and trail brake it out and all this other stuff. And I'm, he's like, no, no, just 100% throttle and then just lift. No brakes. I'm like, okay. Well, they're completely straight up. I, I saved myself uh, uh, looking like an idiot for starters. But um, yeah, the, found that. Then we, I've got the temperatures within five degrees of each other and, and I'm down to about point, I think it's 0.6 or 0.7, but I can't get that second lap in. But I'll do a few laps tomorrow. I, I'm i confident I can go pretty close to getting in. Um, I'll be probably right around that bubble. And if I can't, I'm just going to be his spotter for, for for the race. But I, th- um, I think you should have got written into the uh, the Wednesday night broadcasting contract. Uh, two locked <laughs> two locked on cars in the Cup Series at all time. <laughs> uh, guarantee. But I, yeah. I don't mind it. Like it, it will be absolutely devastating me putting on all this time and getting to Thursday night and not qualifying. I know that hundred percent. But it adds that extra um, level of intrigue to it, I guess, and challenge to it just to make the yeah. field. And those weeks um, when you do make the field, it's kind of like scotch, you know, I guess, you know, those yeah. weeks when you do make oh, the field, it'll be, you'll feel real good. I would prefer that I'd know by the Wednesday night that there was a pre-quality or something like that. And I know Anscar's talking about all these other things to, to try and work it out. But at the moment, they've got 50 cars and they've only 
want 30 people racing because otherwise, I understand, it gets messy. And you don't want the cup, the Premier Series, being messy. So, But I, I just wish there was a way to lock yourself in. Without, I've just got to get in the top 20 of the championship. Easy. <laughs> Which, just, you know, you, if you don't... It's hard, though, because once you're out of that top 20 and you then have to qualify it's hard to get back in, you know, because all those top 20 cars keep turning up every week, every week, yeah. and you're falling further and further off. So the, the the upside is eventually those cars that are on the, not even on the bubble, but they're sort of, you know, their they're car 40, 40, 41, 42, or 38, 39, they're going to stop showing up for the cup series. They're going to realise the Thunder Series is a better version for them. They can get in that for sure, guaranteed. They can get their practice, their stuff, and then later on they can have a crack at the cup series. Um and go that way, but I'll I'm 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 fifty fifty. I really am. It's not like I was the other night before I had I'd done the data work and I went, okay, well I'm I'm definitely not gonna make this. Now I'm sort of just got a sneaky chance. Especially if me and Tim can work together on the on the quality session. Oh, so um, open quality? Yeah, so it's it, it's practice from what I understand and but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I've got to set the field from practice kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. But I'll, okay. I've got to look into that. Yeah, Ed will be messaging me after he listens to this going, what the hell? You don't even know how to get in this. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Here we are anyway. saying we're not going to talk that much because it's just me and you tonight. <laughs> yeah. and look, at, look at us go. Look at us go. Yeah, yeah I haven't even talked about the, the three messages I've started to write to John from Racecraft and then stopped. I'm like, I just want to order this thing. I'm still six weeks out from my house. I, I just, well, you, yeah, I don't know. You'd maybe want to be getting pretty close. I guess at worst comes to worst, you can hold on to it and just, you know, once you get closer, you can ship it out. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll send the message off soon. So, John, if you listen to this, um, yeah, you got a big order coming yeah. through, so be ready. S- stage five motion rig. <laughs> <laughs> More money than the house in this rig anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm getting keen. I'm looking at GT7. I'm like, prices, where's my cheapest place? What pre-download? I'm getting pretty keen to... To do some racing on uh, Gran Turismo, but we'll see how that goes. That's that's what I've been up to. Let's head into the news and updates on things. Um, brought to you by our Facebook page. Go check it out, Locked On Lads on Facebook. We're trying to hit that. Um, well, I, I I set the goal of a thousand followers like ages ago, thinking this is nowhere, this is never going to happen. But let's let's aim for it anyway. And all of a sudden, we've gone from four fifty to six hundred in a matter of a weekend. So thank you to everyone who has joined us over there. Please go check it out. Give us the follow, press the like button as well. It just helps our analytics out in the background, gives our reach a bit better, and then that's Facebook. Let us do more things, especially with the streams and stuff. We are trying to pump some more content out to you. We're now definitely, well, when I can, Thursday night, Friday, uh, Thursday night, Wednesday night, Sunday night. Um, but we are trying to get another podcast up in the background, and we are trying to also, I'm trying to get another night there as well, but we'll see how we go. And I'm in negotiations for another broadcast for another league as well so you might have two broadcasts coming to the facebook page so definitely check it out get those notifications when they come through let's head into the news now there's a couple things here we said a, a slow news week i actually had to add a um <laughs> add a, a list a, th- a line to our thing to, to add the extra ones in but we talked about last week i think the college high racing series maybe the week before uh went to daytona for the first uh thing first race where you can win a uh, college um, scholarship out of this as well. So it was pretty interesting little setup for three races. And uh, Colton Salek, um end up winning the race 
So well done to him, Sean. Jan E Janis. Ah, uh, Braden. You don't <laughs> want to hear me say this. Jensisk. Yeah, and Daniel Butterfuko. <laughs> Sounds good uh, to me. Yeah, got third. Uh, so well done to all those uh, people trying to win a scholarship there. And it's such a good thing to see, but um, the truck running around Daytona is always good fun as well. So, yeah, well done to all those people who did it. So two more races of that to go, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, iRacing's also doing another. They've got general tyres on board for a uh, short course World Cup of iRacing. Uh, it's on CBS Sports Network, so it's pretty cool. Coming was tune in February 27th, so it's just happened probably. So uh, we've we've missed it. Um, but it's pretty cool because we've got Travis Pastrana, um, Kyle Long, uh, which is a team owner, um, an e NASCAR, sorry, team owner, and, and an, an NFL, NFL star. star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big part of it. Uh, NASCAR Cup Series driver, uh, Josh Billicky, Sheldon Creed. Uh, which is the next Xfinity Series driver. So they've got all these cool celebrities in there. And, um, yeah, so it looks like it's pretty cool. So check that out. It's probably already aired. Check out the broadcast of that. But um, good to see them doing... This is trucks on dirt. Um, it's like the, the, like the pro light sort of pro yeah. trucks things, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's uh, Justin Howe's thing, but on, on dirt, not tarmac. So. <laughs> It's always good. Hopefully the showdown will come back soon too. It keeps on changing things on his Facebook page and on, on the Discord and stuff like that. So hopefully it comes back. But quickly wanted to chuck in one because it popped up on my feed the other day and Braden's actually looked at it. But um, Boosted Media, good old Will Ford, did another review of a new product and Tube Controls has a wireless wheel. Do you want to tell us a bit about this one, Braden? Yeah, so they just released... Uh, well, it's actually not released yet it's um going to be shipping i think the second half of april um so coming up but basically it's the the cube controls f uh pro uh which is yeah recently recently released um and getting ready taking pre-orders and that kind of thing goes for about 860 euros so i think it's just over about 1200 bucks australian around about um so obviously you know top of the range um but as if you've seen any cube controlled wheels before, super high quality, um, five mil thick carbon fiber front plate, a whole heap of really good buttons, um, as well as uh, rotary four rotary encoders plus the there's four thumb uh, encoders as well. You know, dual stage clutch paddles, uh, magnetic paddle shifters, all those things. The thing that I really liked about it um, when I was watching the video is a couple of things. The the size of it is a really good fit for anyone who enjoys formula rooms. I was saying to you, Wilco, before we started, how, you know, I, I, one of the things that steered me away from actually jumping on board and buying like a direct drive and selling the, the CSW 2.5 is the fact that I, I just absolutely love the club sport um, form, formula rim so much. Plenty of buttons and things like that. I love the, the small uh, footprint of it um, and how it feels so responsive. Um so if I was to head down, you know, the the direct drive route, like a semi-cube or, you know, VRS or something, you know, this is the kind of wheel I'd probably be looking for. I think it's about 270, 280 millimeters wide. Um, they've changed the grips on the handles to be a little bit less sticky. Um, some people were complaining about on the previous iteration that the, the, the rubber sort of grips ended up being a little bit sticky and really um, easily 
uh, I suppose, collected dirt and dust and grime and those kind of things. But I, I think the, the wheel looks amazing. All the LED uh, lights on there are customizable, so you can change the colors um, to sort of whatever you want, um, which is something that it's a small thing, but appeals appeals to me, you know, to be able to set, you know, all of my controls that are to do with in-car changes, maybe I change them all to, you know, pink or, you know, and I make my pit limiter stand out as a completely different color. Um, you know, little things like that, that attention to detail is something that, that really interests me. comes with the sticker sets. The stickers actually go on top of the buttons um, and then you get that illuminate uh, illumination from, from behind, which is a really, really cool. So, yeah, definitely if you're in the market for um, a formula-style rim and you've got the money, definitely check out the Q-Controls um, Formula Pro. If you want to sponsor me, feel free to hit me up because I'd love one. <laughs> I, I am in the mark. I, I don't know that. I think I know the base. I'm going to keep the monitors. I know the rig. I just don't know the wheel itself at the moment. So, yeah. So, this I love that idea of lighting them up differently because that is one of the most annoying things. If I've pressed that button, no, is that right? Am I sure that's the right button? And that's why I've gone to the Steam Deck at the moment. So, I can actually, it's, it's got the icon there. So, I know exactly what I'm pressing. And it stands out, but that, yeah. and I need to move that onto my wheel, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most when I when I do get the wheel is because, cool Logitech, it's a horrible wheel. <laughs> Let's just start there. Um, the buttons, it's it's fiddling around trying to trying to memorize what's what and, and remembering what's what. And you've seen me. What's my pit limiter? Oh, you've heard me. What's my pit <laughs> limiter? What's my pit limiter? Um, this one, yep, that's it. Okay, cool. Um, and pressing trying to press buttons down the straight and putting the pit limiter on is is horrible. That there sounds like a really cool option. So yeah, no, it's um yeah, I think it just it looks great. Uh, like I said, I, I really enjoy the smaller size wheels. I, I've got a BMW GT2 wheel that since I bought the or well, since I've I won the actual uh Club Sport V two point five wheel um off the raffle page, I literally have not done a race with it. I think I put it on for about five minutes and it just felt heavy and sluggish. Um, and the, the responsiveness I get from the the formula style rim um, it's just sort of second to none. So I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, do I sell up the formula rim, the GT2 <laughs> rim, the CSW? You know, I'm going to probably get back, I don't know, a grand or whatever, you know, a bit more than that um, on, on those things and then put it towards. I'm like, oh, but then that doesn't even cover the wheelbase. That literally just covers the the cost of the, the cube controls wheel. Um, so, yeah, and then when you start thinking about second PCs and stuff like that, then you just go and hide your wallet before you end up with no money. So, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> it's a hard life, this, yeah. this sim, sim racing. Uh, let's lead into... So, I just quickly touch on this because we've already going really long but there's no news on season two yet of 2022 and we're no. sort of in week 10 as i alluded to before so going into week 11 um really need to i thought we'd start hearing tracks or i i, I assume there's there's dirt tracks coming because i did mention that um well, I'd... it's the thing right we've, we've had all these announcements that haven't come in but yeah. we haven't really had any recent announcements, right? You know, we know that there's two the two Australian tracks coming with a heavy rumour that there's a third that's the third been scanned, yeah. you know, pre-COVID times. Uh, you know, that's what I've heard. Um, it was scanned that long ago. So, yeah. you know, there's there's 
There's three Australian tracks possibly that have two have been announced, one heavily rumored that has been out a little while now, those those um, tracks. You've got the Brazilian stock car that we just have forgotten about, you know, that, that <laughs> yeah. got announced a long time ago. You know, they've teased rain, you know, on multiple occasions now. Obviously, we had the video whether they went through it. We've had multiple screenshots um, that have come out now. And that last screenshot that I wasn't on the talk about, that looks really freshly done. Like, that, that's almost ready to release kind of pictures. Kind of. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, you know, week 10, week 11, this is where we start to normally start to hear things as, as confirmed. But we've had lots of things confirmed just with no dates to actually put to them. So okay, is it so going to be something completely different? Uh, no. Do we get... I, I, we get a track. You've got, to, you've got to imagine we get a track. Is it just the dirt track that they rumoured is coming very, very soon? Or do we, can we get another road track? I think we get an Australian track based on couple of things. Scops have put it towards the back end of their calendar. So I'd like to think that, you know, Scops would, wouldn't be chucking stuff on there if they didn't think it was coming out this year. And two, Supercars is about to kick off. So yes. what what better time to release a track or two that's Australian um, when the Supercar season's about to kick off. So Yeah. I, I, I That's what I'm leaning towards too is the fact that, yeah, the Supercars are about to start. They've, they've got to have it. You think you'd have an announcement to tie into that, but um, do we get a what car do we get? Do we get the Brazilian stock cars? Do we get a <laughs> random thing you don't know about, or do we just get rescans? Are we just yeah. getting the new models of stuff? Yeah, I don't know. There's been rumors about a new Audi GT uh, three car. Um, possibly what was the other one that they uh, people have been talking about? There was the the Audi as well as the Merc um, getting getting updated. I think the Merc's been in the game quite a while from memory. So, oh, oh, sorry, I got in trouble for saying in the game on yeah. the broadcast last week. Sorry, <laughs> in the sim uh, for quite a while now. So, you know, are we getting a rescan of that? Not sure. Are we getting a completely new GT3 car? I doubt it. Just based on the fact that we've got eight in the game at the moment and the current limit is still eight on cars um, to be selected. So, Probably probably not do, a brand new one. Do they randomly just upgrade that to, to 10 all of a sudden? Maybe. Maybe. Um, but here's, in terms... here's something for you. Here's a suggestion for you, iRacing, anyway. What if they drop rain, but they only drop it in AI races to start with? Mm. Interesting. Um, you know my thoughts on AI races. <laughs> <laughs> but is that not a good spot to, to test? Yeah. Could could very well be. I do I see them doing that? I don't think I see them doing that. I, I I can't see why it would be a bad thing to do. But I just I feel like people, the people that want rain, they want to race in rain, and you know the majority of the iRacing base don't jump on line to do a to do an AI race. You know, so yeah, but do they would then, wouldn't they? Yeah, if you're a I want to test like, out the new cool thing. If you're a sicko like Tim Corny loves an, R, an AI race, he'd, <laughs> he'd be all over it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do find it unusual that we've had a lot of things announced over the last sort of four months, but nothing that's really come to fruition. What was the last thing that got released? What got released at the in the last patch? What was the big 
the big draw card. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, the not not kill, not kill. Oh, that's right, not kill, and the new TCRs. So, new TCR. so yeah, that was pretty big. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's something because was there a rework to a there was a rework to Watkins Glen? Was there a rework to a car though? The Audi uh, yeah. did the Audi get the TCR Audi get an overhaul? Yeah, it did. And with the four five eight Ferrari, was that the patch before? Maybe. And the was it the the new Porsche as well? The nine 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 two. That was the one before that. Might have been the one before. So. Or even before that, actually. But... Yeah. And that was the one one. There was no other. There was there was updates to AI, and there was there was as always, and, and things like that. Um, well, now we've spent ten minutes discussing all the things that we don't know about. I'm sure within an hour of us uh, logging off tonight, there'll be you know five pieces of information. All, yeah, we we just thank us later, everyone, for actually <laughs> bringing it to to happen. That's what we do. So, if you're going to make um, one prediction, what are you going for? What's your one prediction? I honestly think I think we get rain. I think they just drop it. Just wow. Okay. Yep. Right. It's ready. Okay. Like that picture is so. It was so polished. It was a. It was a picture they wanted to put out for a certain reason. Yeah. Come on, you Luke, You've been around games. We all know what a good game render looks like. <laughs> anyway, what's your prediction? Give us I'm, one, gonna, I'm gonna go with sand down. I think we get sand down. Okay. See how that goes. See who's right next week. Uh, actually, tomorrow, before I edit this <laughs> podcast, I'll, I'll add it in. A Brighton as well, or we'll go with right. Uh, let's move on to Aussie Car TTC Season 8 track list. They're going to UK uh, this time, and that is includes Silverstone National, regular, uh, which is a regular round. Uh, Brands Hatch Indy, damn, sprint. Um, Donington National Enduro, Alton Park International Enduro, Netterton 200 Sprint, Knock Hill International regular type race. Uh, so the regulars are the, the 15 minute and the 30 minute race, uh, the sprint race and the three 15 minute races. Top 10 inverted in race three. Uh, that regular one has a top 10 invert in race two and a one stop. The Enduro is a 50 minute race. Uh, one stop, top 10 inverted. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a typo off of the. Uh, <laughs> I, did, I did see that when I had a look in the Aussie Car Discord. I was. I forgot to message Ira and say would, that was that'd be pretty funny. Love that. Cool. <laughs> trying to get tenth place in quali, just trying to get the right time. It would well, be amazing, I reckon. Well, I thought what was more funny is I read it as the top tens inverted at the pit stops. <laughs> so you come into the pits at first, but you can't leave until t- ten or nine other cars have gone gone through the pits. <laughs> I thought that'd really throw good. out that early pit stop strategy, wouldn't it? <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I did think that was a bit of a laugh, but yeah, just the the fifty minute intro. Um, Ara has shortened the races, so not the twenty minute races and the twenty and forty. It's the fifteen minute for the sp- sprints, and then the fifteen thirty, and then instead of the sixty minute enduros, gone back to the fifty. Which I don't mind for the TCR. I think TCR is sort of that fast non-stop kind of racing, yeah, door to door. So I, I don't mind that, um, especially the forty minute races sometimes. Um, you know, with the exception of Watkins Glen the other week, depending on where you end up, you know, it can be a pretty long, lonely race because it's so hard to catch back up um, once you drop off the back of people. So um, especially because, you know, the cars are so even and, you know, you might only be a tenth uh, tenth slower than someone and all of a sudden you just got no hope of catching up that two seconds behind you are. So, um, yeah, I don't mind, don't mind the slight adjustment to the, to the timing. 
Yeah, so where are you at on... Well, sorry, where is he at on the two splits? Has he announced anything about that? Uh, no, so I know we would... I think you said you'd message, message Zara to try and get him on. Um, I know he was trying to get on a couple of weeks ago, just cross communications. Um, I'm guessing this week he's been, I know he's been on the tools a fair bit for work, back out, back out doing stuff on the tools. So it might be why we haven't heard back from him just yet. But um, from what I've heard, ideally, I, I know he would love to go for the two splits again. I think, you know, some of the stories out of the second split TCRs has been some of the best stuff this season. Um, you know, Max Donnelly and, Brody Shepard and, and and even, you know, for us, Jeremy Bush and, and you know, the way that cows developed throughout the season, I definitely yep. attribute a lot of that towards um, having that second split. So I know I know it would be high on his priority list, but I don't know anything. Yeah. And I know cows asked me to broadcast the second split just to save him a little bit of money and um, have that as an option so just so we can keep it going. And you said, mate, I'm going to be winning Anne's car cup. How am I supposed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... um. Look, I, oh wait, that's Thursday night, isn't it? Sorry, Thursday night. Monday, it's, yeah. This is Monday night, but it does eat into my practice. Um, <laughs> look, I, I, I would love to see two splits for those reasons, exactly those reasons. I just they don't see the like thirty cars in a broadcast is better than two fifteen lots of cars, and yeah, I, we'll we'll so, see. We'll see how many people register, and that's yeah. that's the first kicker because I know there's a few guys in our group that. Probably aren't going on for a second season, uh, just because of time commitments on other other events. Now we're starting to get into the actual year as a, as a proper. So, yeah, I think, and, um, yeah, obviously the cost of to, uh, an extra extended broadcast, like you said, is, adds into it as well. But I guess I would in, implore, you know, if you're you're on the on the fence about whether you should jump in the TCRs, you know, definitely definitely jump in. I know, you know, especially. If you're going, oh, you know, I'm not that quick or, you know, I feel like I might be out of my league. You know, I think I'm sure there's boys in the Locked On Discord that would attest to, you know, Cow and Leon and stuff, how racing in that second split's made such a big difference to their racing. And, you know, the more cars that show up, the more chance there is of having that second split and the more chance that people are going to have a chance to, um, you know, be the car running around the front and learning those different skills about what it's like to deal with leading a race or, you know, being in the top five as opposed to worrying about the speedy boys coming up on you after they've spun or something like that. I'm going to contradict myself completely here, but um, congratulations, Cal, on, we'll get to it in the results, but fourth is, is the highest finish and ninth in the championship. But the part where I'm going to say contradict yourself, if, if you turn up every week and race in the TTC series every week, you've got a good chance of making the top 10 anyway. We've, we've proven that. Um, just by showing up and, and being consistent, that's how uh, Ira does his leagues. Rewards consistency straight in, straight out. That's that's how it's going to be. But takes nothing away from Cal's night. He he really battled hard for that, and um, well done. But yeah, that that's another good reason to join it. But yep, that's where we're at. It's going to happen. Have we got a bit of a, a, a off period? I I haven't even seen when this new series starts. Um, yeah, I think it won't probably kick back off until, I guess, week one uh, of next season. I don't know that for sure. Um, I haven't honestly had time to okay. read up on it. We will um, but I know that Ira is looking Ira at, he's obviously gone back to the six weeks, six week season instead of the eight week season as, as he felt it dragged on a little bit. And his philosophy has always been that the six week seasons, um, yep. it was more the, the initial 
consultation with outsiders <laughs> that led to the the extra couple of weeks. So I think he's happy to go back to that. So I know the F3s are currently running uh, for a quick three-week season. Um, not sure if he's doing anything extra on Mondays. I don't think at this stage there is. Um, but I, I would assume that TCRs would be looking to kick back off when Skippy's kick back off, in, which I'm assuming is week one. Yeah, I, I, I want to throw something out there just quickly, just in case he's listening and, and wants to take on a little bit of a suggestion. I like what the Ansgar guys are doing with the truck and the Thunder series now, whether they are, the, the, they're actually like 12 week seasons, okay? So that they are long ones, but they also have a year long series that they run in conjunction with that. So they specifically have, okay, this is a, this race this week is a, obviously for this season, but it's also a year race as well. So every third or fourth race, in specifically, these points count towards the overall championship for the year. Okay. So okay. that way he can run a, a six-week season, but also have a year-long and keep people invested over a longer period of time as well, but also give those people who want to jump in and jump out that option as well. So. If I know Ira, I'm going to say it's on the list. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I have no no reason to no, know what that is, but I just know what Ira's list is, and he's very, very thorough. He's got millions of things written down in, in, yeah. in his book, so... Who would know? Maybe it is something that's on on his list as well. So there's a free one for you, Ira. If it's not on your list, <laughs> write it down now. Hopefully, uh, that gave him a good chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to another bit of news. Why? Why did I say it was a no uh, slow news week? Don't tell me it's a slow news week, and I'll just jam everything in there. Uh, NASCAR's in talks uh, for Chicago Street Race in as soon as 2023. So you might remember last year they put Chicago in iRacing, racing, a, a street circuit that does not exist, but is made up on real streets. Uh, this was a bit of a test bed for NASCAR, and, and they got iRacing to go out and do this. Uh, they seem to like what 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 it is, uh, even though no, the drivers, anyone who's driven Chicago would probably not like it. Uh, Braden, you've driven Chicago. What do you think of Chicago street track? Well, it blew my mind when you told me tonight it's not even a track they're racing on in real life. It shows how much I know. Um, oh, I had fun when we drove on it in the V8 when we are doing the, the practice uh, for SRW. Um at the start, you know, before I was planning on actually driving the car, uh, that was one of the the pre-qualifying type tracks, and it was bloody tough. It's bumpy, but once you got the hang of it, it was actually all right. A little bit of fun. Um, I don't know in terms of what it would be like to actually race because we just were hot lapping, trying to you know beat our times. Racing's probably another story, but in terms of just driving around it, it was all right. It has got a lot of wide sections it and it's got a lot of heavy braking areas to it so as far as racing goes i think it wouldn't be too bad but yes unforgiving as hell i think yeah it's got another level of unforgiving on top of what Belle isle has um because of those the bumpy nature of it and that those corners that sort of just narrow on you uh there's the one turn eight or something like that where you turn right into it but it goes from this really wide section to this real narrow section as well and then feels like it almost narrows towards the end of it as well but the, and the bumps like that that sweeping left-hander and the big um, down downhill braking zone as well yeah so look it's got potential but nascar's actually thinking of making it a real life uh track as well which is good to see and it it really shows the work i racing is putting in um how much it you know it influences like how good they are basically so they get commissioned to make this track, see what it's like, put it in the game. People like it, and it's actually influencing real real races, which is yeah, pretty good to see. So it means 
we could see like, okay, so let's say V8s want to go to Gold Coast, but they want to try different different variation of the track. They can try it. They can get iRacing to first scan Gold Coast, go do it. But they can, you know, get them to scan the streets around them and give us this variation and just see what that that's like. And, you know, it's the test bed for, for these racing series around the world. So anyway, let's get Gold Coast into, into iRacing. That's my prediction for, the, for week <laughs> season two. Let's make that happen. Adelaide needs to come before Gold Coast, mate. Well, are we getting Adelaide back? I know that one of the politicians is saying if you vote me in in the next election, I'm going to bring Adelaide back. Yeah, well, I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I read that if yeah, Labor gets uh, voted in at the next election, that we'll have an Adelaide race this year at the end of this year, last round. So I don't know how that works, but <laughs> neither do I. But that's that's what I that's what I read. So um, I'd almost you know, think not not to get V8... all political on us, but like I I want that street circuit back. <laughs> V8s would almost do that i know they can't i don't know would they change the whole schedule just to get adelaide back for it, a race? It, it, from what i read like i'm pretty sure it was on the official v8 supercars website like I, I could be wrong please don't quote me on that but i feel like it was or on their web page or something um i i i feel like i neglected the adelaide street circuit because we had it for so long i i used to go when i was you know 15 16 17 then fell out of I fell out of love with racing, but you know, I guess lost a little bit of interest in it over over my early twenties, and just didn't go. Like, didn't go. Yeah. Had this amazing track, didn't bother going anymore. Um, and now, you know, back into I was started up iRacing racing, and obviously back into racing and stuff. And now, you know, if I want to go watch a V eight supercar round, I have to drive an hour and a half out to Tail and Bend instead of um, <laughs> instead of just you know hopping on the bus thirty five minutes into the city, thirty minutes into the city or whatever. And there you are, one of the best tracks in the country. Yeah, so I've I've done a similar thing with Ipswich or Queensland Raceway. Like I've sat there, oh yeah, I'll go to that one year, I'll go to that one year, go to that one year. Oh shit, doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's back on the calendar next year because I'll I'll force me to go there. It's the same with Gold Coast, but Gold Coast is a two-hour drive, so it's not like it's just it's it's the tail and bend for you guys. Even Ipswich is the same. Like it's an hour hour and a half drive, so it's 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 hard for me to say I neglected it when it's that far away. But yeah. Let's move on to something that is quite exciting in the news that we have not much news of things. Scotty McLaughlin wins a race, St. Petersburg, only oh. a year after he first jumped in an IndyCar and raced it in a series as a rookie. He then turns around 365 days later and wins that race the corresponding year, next, the next year. He's just taking the piss, really, isn't he? <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine on the weekend who's a big V8 fan, and I'm like, this is when we knew he got pole. And I'm like, it just shows what a super talent he was when he was over here. Now, we knew he was because he just seemed to hop in the car and win. Now, he didn't quite win for those first couple of seasons, but you could see the talent he had, and it was probably things out of his control. Or like driving used... a Volvo or whatever, yeah, that didn't help. Kia or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the youth and, and the and the things that sort of were around him that didn't make him win every single time he went out on the track. But you see towards the end of it before he left to go overseas, like I, I've said it multiple times, he he is a league above everyone else. And then you you put him in this, and you can see how much he's actually improved since then with having those the such talented people around him. And like Pensy won three, Will Power sitting there in third. You know these guys are just flying over there and he's got a good chance to now win the Indy 500 and he's 
leading the championship. I think like, it goes it, to show like how invaluable experience is as well. Like, you know, just getting a year under your belt. And then I think the, the thing for me was when I saw that he got pole, it was kind of like, okay, well, obviously that's a massive achievement. But if there's one thing we know about Scotty McLaughlin is he qualifies like no one else. You know, he can always put down a, a bloody fast lap. Not that he doesn't do well in races and things as well, but it's almost like that's pretty that, hot lap. Yeah, that's that's good. But we know he could pull a lap from, you know, from wherever. But for them to back it up on race day and, you know, and back it up and win in such a stacked field, um, it yeah, like you said, just goes just goes to show the talent of the guy. Um you know, and classy as well. You know, one of the first things he talked about was saying, you know, hope everyone back in Australia is good, you know, with the floods and things like that, you know, so it's not like he's over there, his head's exploded and he's only worrying about himself, you know, he clearly is still very grounded and and understands, um, you know, have family and friends and things back here in Australia and, and in New Zealand. And yeah, obviously just an amazing achievement. And now it's one of those things that's like, it's great that he won the first race, but man, as he put some pressure on himself now, he's got to back it up for a season now. He can't be a one-hit wonder. Yeah, but he won Rookie of the Year last year, and I know there wasn't a huge amount of rookies there, but he did win it. Yeah, um, I mean, there was Jimmy Johnson and Roman Grosjean. Yeah. I mean, you've got some big names that you are beating. You've Formula Formula One drivers and yep. NASCAR legends. So, yeah, so he definitely did. Like, he definitely, and you can see him improve. Like, he he went along really well. And just his first race at St. Petersburg last year, you knew he, he he was fast. He just wasn't quite there. He was that, that one or two tenths off and then made that error where he hit the wall and that was sort of race ending. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 I'm excited to see as a Scotty fan where he goes this year. And I'm, I'm this is just the best way to start it. Like he's, he's championship leader. What I'm not excited about is the fact that stupid Stan has the rights to the IndyCar, yes. and I can't come home and watch the replay on my that I've recorded on Foxtel. Like, what a joke! Yeah. I was, I was, you know, normally I would have gone and watched that race, but I just didn't even bother attempting to because I just don't need six thousand three hundred forty-one subscriptions. Six thousand three hundred forty is enough. <laughs> yeah, that's it, and I completely understand that. So, um. Stan's obviously trying to make moves, but I hate Stan for, for who owns it, I guess. But um, The only Stan we stand is the M&M Stan. It's the only yeah. one. <laughs> there you go. Let's move into the results. Uh, results brought to you by LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. I've got another sponsor. I just haven't quite set it all up yet. But uh, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord. Go join our Discord. Be part of the cool stuff. Join our Wordle Game of the Month which is now into its second month, I think. So Wordle's gone, Wordle's gone pretty good. And now we've got Quirtle, we've got Wordle, and we've got the basketball Wordle that, that's like the best of the basketball channel. Yeah. It's like Wordle, Quirtle, Quirtle, <laughs> Weldle. Yeah, There's that many different games. It's, can't keep up. Go check out there. We had a big, uh, fairly big coverage of the um, floods in there because obviously we had a lot of people that were in and around when it was happening and it was just a good place to for people to have a chat uh, about what was going on and obviously racing. Uh, it's a good place to, to get all your racing stuff, uh, other gaming stuff as well, lockedonlads.com. So go jump in and have some fun. And it's a place to message us if you need anything. We've got a spot for questions for the podcast, which uh, Tom Hunt turned around and thanked us for answering his question last week. So if you do want to leave a question for us, go there. Uh, let's get into the actual results. Now we're going to start with Alex McKellar, the voice that is the best voice in the biz. 
He is not here with us tonight, but he does have a full recap of what happened at the Nurburg Ring Nordschleife uh, for Sunday Night Lights. So take it away, Alex. G'day, everyone. Alex McKellar here with your regular installment of Top Flight Skippy action in the weekly wrap of Sunday Night Lights. Round eight saw our drivers tackle the green hell at Nordschleife. While the strength of field was unsurprisingly lower than the all-time record set last week, we did see it climb to an amazing 52.94, which incredibly takes our season average over the 5,000 mark. After reaching that figure for the first time in a single race last season, to see our average for the season surpass that figure is absolutely astonishing. Thank you again to the community for their ongoing support of the series. The standalone qualifying sessions that accompany a race week at Nords mix things up a little, but not so much as to unseat Japanese driver and virtually unchallenged qualifying king Naoya Nagai from pole. Joining him on the front row after successive podiums in the last two weeks was Adam Miles. Leading ANZ driver on the grid was the two-time race winner Sam Devantia, with returning champion Julian O'Fray joining the Cowboy on the second row. In a stacked field, it was great to see both Vasco Sorovsky and Team Milo boss man Russell Clark continuing to fly the ANZ flag alongside Devantia, those drivers starting 15th and 17th respectively. The three-lap race got underway as drivers set out on the challenge laid out before them, racing against the circuit as much as they were each other. With current series leader Christian Perez absent, the door was left open for one of his chief rivals, Nagai, to make a serious dent in his championship lead. Unfortunately, however, wheel-to-wheel contact with the Englishman Ollie Peacock on one of the stupendously long straights somewhat incredulously saw Nagai's run of outs continue, dropping his damaged skippy well down the order as he's then set out on a recovery mission. Meanwhile, as the procession of corners unfolded, two battle packs developed at the front of the field. The first leading pack containing the likes of now-leading Japanese driver in the field, Gael Kawabe, the aforementioned Oli Peacock, Luketa Smurf number 73, and the great ANZ hope of Sam Devantia. The chasing pack saw other ANZ hopes of Sorovsky and Clark battling it out with regular Italian SNL driver Giuseppe Tolini and newcomers Sasaki and Mozturt. As is often the case, the race ultimately came down to the strategic drafting roller coaster that is the final two sectors of Nordschleife, where drivers double and triple draft their way to glory, in this case up to four wide down the seemingly never-ending straight. This saw the front pack shuffled over and over again, leaving Devantia and Miles side by side entering the final few corners. With Miles coming off second best to side on contact with the Cowboy, it was Devantia who started the final stretch in fifth position, who came away to become the first three-time race winner this season. Papa Smurf Luketa made it through the final sector, Chaos Unscathed, to come away with second, and the return of Japanese YouTube superstar Gol Kawabe resulted in him dancing in pugilistic fashion with the Brit Ollie Peacock, 
the latter coming off second best and crossing the line in somewhat comical fashion in fourth position, with Kawabe making a successful return to SNL at his favourite track, rounding out the podium in third. In an outstanding result, Team Milo bossman Russell Clark III Esquire brought his green machine home in fifth position, with the other ANZ driver Vasco Sorovsky managing a top 10 finish in ninth. Series contender Nagai finished out of the points again this week, likely dashing his championship hopes again this season, and Adam Miles' run of podium finishes came to an abrupt halt with his dash to the line leaving him short and all the way down from contending for the win to 17th position. Briefly diving into the other splits, the Milo boys certainly did have a great night out with Ben Snell leading the standings by three seconds in the end, taking his second win of the season in the second split ahead of Christian Alvarez and Daniel Collins. Results of the other ANZ drivers in the field were led by Darren Tune in fourth with Neil Gardner in sixth. Paul Wilson managed seventh with Locked On's own Nathan Verney finishing as the last car on the lead lap in 17th. The third split is where we find Mark Jeffo Jeffrey, who managed an outstanding podium, and the great Ken Himes, who also had a great result in fifth. SNL stalwart Jason Wilman also finished inside the top 10 in ninth position. And as we turn our attention to the championship standings overall, with just one round remaining, we see last season's champion Julian O'Frey rise to the top of the standings by virtue of previous leader Christian Perez's no-show this week that left him in second position overall. Russell Clark continues to lead the ANZ charge and rounds out the final step of the podium, no doubt feeling both excitement and anxiety at the prospect of the final race of the season determining if he remains there. The Cowboy, Sam Devantia, having secured three wins, only sits in fourth overall after nursing an equally high number of zero-point rounds that might have otherwise seen him in the hunt to be our first ANZ champion since Ben Smith in Season 19. Neil Gardner moves up into the top five, sitting in fifth in a strong performance despite being relegated to the second split in the last couple of weeks. Other ANZ drivers inside the top 20 include Mark Jeffrey, who rises into the top 10 in ninth position, just ahead of Vasco Sorovsky in 10th. In fact, ANZ drivers have from 9th to 13th covered, with Mitchell Nichols, Ken Himes and Paul Wilson currently placed 11th to 13th respectively. Darren Tune leaps four positions to sit 15th overall, with Corey Lean and Nathan Verney in 18th and 19th. The final round of the season sees us at Brands Hatch for the GP layout, with the title race yet to be decided. For the second season in a row, it will be the English circuit that makes or breaks the championship decider, as season 26 will once again come down to the wire. So make sure you join us on track or for the live broadcast over at Twitch on the Top Split TV channel at 9.15pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time, which currently is GMT plus 11. Or check out the replay on the Top Split YouTube channel. But until then, thank you again to the community for their ongoing support of the series. It is for the drivers that we do this and your support makes it all absolutely worth it. For now, though, I'm Alex McKellar, and until next time, ciao for now. Oh, there's many people out there that have enjoyed that, uh, Alex. They're so glad to have you on the podcast every week. It's really good. But let's get into the Aussie Skip Barber series. Finished up, and they went to said Nordschweiss as well. Um, Raiden, have you got what happened in that for me? <laughs> 
Uh, sure, I can go through that. So they headed to the Nurburgring for uh, the Enduro. They went to the very famous and long Nordschleife um, with the championship on the line. On. We talked about this last week. They finished last week. I don't know. I wasn't on last week, so you're telling me the story. I'm trying to think. It wasn't F- was it F3s last week? Or maybe it was F3s this week. No, I think you're right. Because I'm looking at you, I'm going, Cameron Dance, I know he won. And I know, I remember Alex John talking about it. So let's skip that. Let's not go there. Um, I don't have the F3 results, though. I could get you the F3 results. F3. There you go. Let's go, Aussie Car F3. We're not editing that out. That was fun. <laughs> the F3s <laughs> went to Okiyama, I believe, um, for round one of the short three-week season uh, for the Aussie Car Formula threes uh it saw some fresh faces uh leading the, the races um with race one heading to robert cook uh who started in second place and managed to pick up the win sean doyle actually put it on pole but was at wasn't able to fit himself inside the top three with cameron dance and cameron edwards uh rounding out the top three sean doyle was fourth adam marsh fifth uh, Trevor Hearn, 6th, John Snell, 7th, Nathan Verney, 8th, and Ira Felberg, 9th, and Craig Kerman rounding out your top 10. Cam Dance was the big mover in that field, starting from 13th to finish in 2nd. Also, Shout out to, to Ira as well. Topped the F3 practice session last night, I saw as well. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we'll leave that to Russell, shall we? Uh, race two at Okiyama saw Trevor Hearn take the win from Robert Cook and our very own Locked On Racing, Timothy Harris, in third place. Nathan Verney... 80, in... did you say? Sorry. Nathan Verney in fourth. Uh, Dennis Hancock, fifth. Jerry Bush, Sean Doyle, Ira Felberg, Cameron Dance, and Cameron Edwards. Can't separate those two. Uh, rounding out your top ten big movers in the field. Uh, Timothy Harris... Up 10 spots, Robert Cook up 8 spots, Dennis Hancock up 7 spots, and Jerry Bush up 5 spots with Cameron Dance again putting in the fastest lap but could only manage ninth place. Which takes us on to the championship standings with Robert Cook leading by 10 points from Trevor Hearn and Cameron Dance in 3rd place. Uh, Adam Marsh is currently leading the road to 2K and Reverb Racing are leading Locked On Lads and White Knuckle Racing in the team's championship, just covering the top three by seven points. Excellent. Let's go from there to an Anscar wrap by Carl Whitney Wilkinson. I love that he's back doing these. That's so good. So let's take it away, Carl. Tell us what happened in the week that was. Hello everyone and welcome to the Anscar wrap-up here on Locked On iRacing. I am as ever Carl Wilkinson with you and tonight we start off with the Affinity Truck Series for round two at Homestead, Miami, Florida. It was a Mitch lockout in qualifying with Gallagher taking pole next to Micklemore in second. The race only saw four cautions but they were spread out enough for the field to pick through the yellows. The drivers did a great job not to have more accidents as the trucks were an absolute wild ride. As we got to the final restart, Jamie Budd found himself in the lead but made a mistake on the restart, causing the low line to check up. Martin and Jackson would pull away, however it was not long until the swift Taylor himself, Mr Hamish Gallagher, caught back up and got into the lead of the race, getting home for the win five seconds ahead of superfast rookie and DPR driver Dylan O'Shea. 
with him caught himself in a Mitch Motorsport sandwich, with Micklemore third, Fawful Skirlock Traher came home fifth. This means that after two rounds, the Affinity Construction Championship looks like this. Traher leads with seven points ahead of Danny G in second. Skirlock is third, fourth for Micklemore, fifth for Pearson, sixth for Williams, eighth for Martin, ninth for Douglas and Raymond, tenth for Gallagher and Hobbs. Next up, we head to the Xfinity series, The Thunder, proudly brought to you by Locked On Lads TV. Round two would head to Fontana, an Auto Club raceway, where we would see a rough race on a tough, fast track for many drivers who got caught out in one of the 11 cautions we saw, but the race while green was super fast and fantastic. The battle between Russell, Gallagher and Micklemore was great, up until a cruel fight of twist came Jay Russ's way when his PC would crash mid-race, causing his car to literally crash in the infield. The final round of stops would be won by the magnificent Mitch Motorsport mechanics who got Micklemore and Gallagher ahead of the field in the caution. It was a close race to the line with Micklemore taking out victory, beating Gallagher in second, third was Skurlock. Fourth we had Don Lee with Ruben Phelps coming home P5th in the very smoky race. This means the championship looks like this after two rounds. Gallagher leads 14 points ahead of Phelps in second, Skullock third, Urquio in fourth, fifth for Micklemore, sixth for Patton, seventh for Clark, eighth for Marshall, ninth for Spencer, and tenth for Russell. And finally tonight we look at the 24-7 Sim Services and Car Cup series. The fast track of Fontana unleashed all 670 horsepower of the 2022 Cup for the cup car for the first time, as the restrictor plate was removed. Although we saw the clash at the Coliseum, it was Fontana where we saw the gladiators battle it out for a fantastic night of oval racing action. The purple DPR car of Wally took pole next to Natari's Daniel Hedishude. We would soon see the first caution fly, as drivers struggled with the next-gen car's tyres getting up to temperature. The car was an absolute beast to drive, catching out drivers from rookies to two-time champion Edward Foster. After an early caution, uh, Luke Strahair would lead the race after missing his pit box. He did a great job keeping a car out on old tyres until lap 63 where he pit under green. However, his strategy would not pay off as he lost the rear of the car due to those dreaded cold tyres as mentioned, meaning the rest of the field made it their final stop under the caution. This led us to one of the greatest battles in Anne's car history between Pearson, Dyson, Foster, Neil, Wally and Hobson. The top six drivers were chopping and changing throughout the final laps of the race. As they crossed the line, the top six were covered by only six tenths of a second, with DPR taking a 1-2, Pearson winning with Dyson in second and Tari's Edward Foster coming in home third. The top six were ecstatic after the race due to giving us a magnificent spectacle. This means that DPR topped the championship now after two rounds with Dyson and Pearson in joint first, second is Martin, 13 points down, fourth Hobson, fifth Allison, sixth Neil, seventh Wallis, eighth ninth, in joint ninth is Foster and Spencer. Next week all three series head to the lights of Nevada to head to Las Vegas baby. Who will Roll to win big and who will just roll the car? Come join us at Anne's Car on Facebook or Performance eStreaming on YouTube and of course Locked On Lads TV on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch to catch all of the action of the Anne's Car Cup and Thunder Series. We look forward to seeing you there and back to the studio.
Thank you for that, Carl. And like I said, we're all thinking of you, mate. Hope it all goes well. Let's go into like, the last results that we've got for the week, which is both the Pro and the Pro-Am series for TCR or TTC Aussie Car. Finishing up, including... They went to the Norwich Life. That's where it finished. That's what I'm doing. Uh, what happened in... I'll, I'll do Pro-Am. I've got it here, I guess, in front of me. You skipped out on the pros, but you can definitely talk about them a little bit better. So we had 15... No, we had 12 cars going to uh, the Norwich Life. And Brody Shepard took the win over Jeremy Bush and Farron Hancock in third. Like we said before, Callum Heinrich facing the 18, got fourth, started fifth. Very well done there. Uh, Tom Hunt, friend of the show, fifth. And then Nathan Fernie, sixth. Max Donnelly, seventh. David Leslie in eighth. Will Leon Williams in ninth. Craig Kerman in tenth. Leon Banks, eleventh. And Joshua Barry in twelfth. Obviously, two big movers there. Jeremy Bush and Farron Hancock coming from twelfth and ninth up seven and nine places, respectively. So well done, Farron Hancock, biggest mover of the week. Two people got a zero X in a fifty-minute race around. Or how long was it? Was it longer than that? Fifty-minute race yeah. around Australia. Uh, so well done, Brody Shepherd and Jeremy Bush on that. Obviously, why they won the race. Fastest lap to Brody Shepherd and pole was Brody Shepherd. So he took maximum points for the round, which saw the overall round going to Brody Shepherd taking the win. So well done, mate. First place, five hundred ninety-two points, jumps up two places in that round to beat Max Donnelly home and Joshua Barry in third. Um. Then Jeremy Bush in fourth, Farron Hancock's fifth, Nathan Verney sixth, Tom Hunt seventh, David Leslie eighth, Callum Heinrich, like we said, into ninth, and Craig Kerman into tenth. That is where we will leave it for that because we'll do the team points at the end. Uh, Braden, what happened in the pros here? Yes, the pros also headed to the Nürburgring combined VLN layout, uh, taking some of the GP track as well as all of the Nordschleife as well. Oh, that's um, right. I forgot to mention that. Sorry. The championship was again on the line. Um, unfortunately, like I said, wasn't there myself. Um, throwing away, some might say, a chance at a, a nice little uh, second Aussie car trophy, but them's are the breaks. Uh, what Do did we s- um, highlight the the top split racing success from this at the start, or do we, we focus on that at the end? We've got to put a special mention in there, I think. You might have to cover that because I actually missed the start of the race and didn't see it. I only picked up the broadcast about halfway through, so I was doing some. I'm uh, just work, looking at they're work. at the top of the table, the like one and two on the on this list. So that they must have went well. Oh, hold on, <laughs> let me sort it the other way. Sorry, <laughs> I've sort it the other way. Oh, they're actually at the bottom. Oh, oh dear. forget I said anything. Let's okay. keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so Daniel Yeaman took the win from Marty Turner and Tim Harris, rounding out another podium uh, this week. Uh, Reese Gardner, Ryan O'Sullivan, Ashley Norman, Nick Wood, Tom Wilkinson, Tim Corn, and Dale Sharp rounded out your top 10. Uh, that left us with the championship standings of Daniel Yeaman taking the championship from Ryan O'Sullivan and Mitch Dean in third spot. Timothy Harris, Reese Gardner, Ashley Norman, Marty Turner, Tim Corn, Nick Wood, and Alex McKellar rounded out your top 10. I managed to drop eight spots by uh, not showing up <laughs> this week, so that wasn't great. Uh, the championship standings in the teams to round out the Turbo Touring Cars series went to, and for some reason I can't find 
my thing. That's I'll do I'm a drum roll here. I'm in the wrong Discord. That's why. Here we go. The overall team championships, because they did change a few times, went to Locked On Black Sheep Racing first place. Leon and Jeremy. Well done. From I chicken, told you we brought them on for a reason. From Chicken Up Racing, uh, they by six points, and Locked On iRacing, myself and Tim Harris, uh, missing out on the top spot by eight points. So if I had have just but logged into the session, <laughs> we would have won the team's championship. How much did Leon pay you to not race? Uh, not enough. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not enough. Uh, so sorry, Tim, about that. That's completely on me. I really should have just came in and drove left-footed and who knows, I might have ended up with a trophy myself and got us on the top step of the team. So I do apologize. Uh, Drop Bear Motorsport fourth, Locked On Lads fifth, High Octane Simsport sixth, Top Split Racing seventh, New Zealand Sim Racing eighth, High Octane Simsports one, and Pool Guys Motorsports orange round out your top 10. Can I shout out the Pool Guys Motorsport who got an absolutely great feature in the top 10 uh, for iRacing this week? I mean, sorry, the not not top top 10. 10. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Yes, they uh, definitely got a nice uh, slow mo across the screen uh, after the big one at Watkins Glen. That's it. So that breaks up the results. That's all we've got time for this week. We had a short episode. It only went for two hours. Look at that. We're doing great. Um, thank you, everyone who's enjoying the, the listening. We are coming up on 12-month anniversary this month. Now we're in March, so we've got to do some planning for that. Still, I say that every week. But um, I will set up a channel later in our Discord. And I'll do a post on our Facebook announcing that we're going to be doing a bit of a special one. It will be live. Uh, so I think it's the 24th, but I'll confirm that date very soon for you. Uh, we do want your questions, your feedback uh, in both audio and question at text form. So we will set up some channels and some posts on Facebook. Uh, so you can actually write down questions or feedback or stuff for us to read out. Maybe some favorite moments. Maybe you could... Uh... Yep. Get right in some some names for Wilco to try and pr- pronounce. Get stuff. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, look, uh, w- w- all kinds of things. We we just want to basically. I know it's only a year, but a year is a fairly solid effort, and I do like to celebrate things like that when we come along to them. Uh, we'll try and get as many on the on the podcast as we can. If you want to record something quickly, we sort of only want thirty second sort of bits. Um, just record them as an MP3, send it through to us. I'll clean them up them on uh sprinkle them through the episode when i can um but we would like to get you all involved in a bit of a community episode so uh look out for ways how you can be involved dropping very very soon but other than that brain what have you got planned for the next week where are you racing where are you investing all that time in the seat yeah well probably not too much trying to give this leg a rest um See how we go over the next couple of days. SRW heads to Zolder this week, so I'll have to try and do a little bit of practice in Zolder. Track I, I don't mind, to be honest, depending on which final chicane uh, we run. One's a little bit more deadly than the other. Um, and I have a funny suspicion that um, V8 officials this week are the Nürburgring GP track. So we did just do that in um srw and i know chasty and the banter alliance boys have been begging me to come do a america's series race or a strength of field race and donate my i rating to them uh, <laughs> which is almost certainly going to happen uh so maybe again 
leg withstanding, maybe this is the week I come good on my deal to come do a V8 strength field race or an America series race and give uh, Roy some of my 4K I rating. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely do that. That'd be good. Uh, that was news to me. We're going to Zolder, but uh, Zolder's the one that we did in Skips a couple of years, a couple of seasons ago. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I keep getting Zolder and Zandorf mixed up completely yeah. in my head. Yeah, Zolder's the the first left hander where you think you've turned enough, but all of a sudden you run wide. Then you go yeah. to turn right, and you've got the yeah, de- okay. death death bumps on the outside. And you got the it's chicane, then the triple chicane. Yes, um, yes, yes. So then you got the hairpin, and then the, the next. Death no, chicane. I'm not looking forward to this at all. But at least it's once again, it's one of those tracks I know. Yeah, it's so, not a complete learning curve. Yeah, so I'll look. I'll look forward to that. That's good. Um, the big one is obviously the Vegas on Thursday night. Uh, I hope I can qualify for the round. It'll it'll be that'll be my victory just getting into the race. I said I was talking to Ed, uh, a bit of a chat, personal chat before the other day with him, and he's like, you know, asking asking a few things, and I'm like, mate, I haven't done any long runs practice sessions for Vegas because I'm 100% focused on getting my single lap speed down as quick as I can, <laughs> just so I can get in. So as soon as I get in, I'm gonna have no idea tires. I'm gonna have no idea t- uh, you know, um, fuel. No idea, you know, anything else is just going to be, I've got one one lap specialist going into the race, so I'm a little bit scared if I do get in. I'm just going to cause the big one. But, um, yeah, getting in would be a huge bonus for this week. But just as long like, as you take out Tim. I mean, as long as you don't take out Tim. <laughs> well, we're both rookies rookies um, battling it out for Rookie of the Year. Now, he's got a huge advantage, and there are plenty of other drivers as well but he's he's one person i need to beat and i'm on zero points after two rounds and he's on many more than zero points after two rounds so you had five um, but it got taken away from you (laughs) (laughs) did i've worked so hard for those five as well just quick question is there drop rounds in nascar i don't know that would be far more um thought than i've put into it so (laughs) fair enough fair enough (laughs) um but yeah we'll we'll see like it's a long season it's 12 years it's 12 month season so i'll just back to so um, plenty of time to get back in it. Like I said, the the goal if in a, within the next month or so is to be in that top 20 somehow and don't have to stress about qualifying for the race, just being in the race. But, yeah, we'll see. We just need a couple of good results. But other than that, they broadcast tomorrow night, race hopefully Thursday night. Either that, if not, I'll move to spotting for Tim and I'll, I'll stream the, the spotting. And um, then... The, I want to try and get on for Friday night stream just to relax. Um, personally, uh, I've been playing a little bit of Elden Ring for some stupid reason. That's not very relaxing, but I've got Pokemon <laughs> here and I've got Mario Kart that I want to rack out again. I've got all these things set up that I want to play. So we'll see if I can get a, a, a de-stress stream coming up, maybe a vodka stream coming up. Well, as long um, as it's not Russian, you won't be able to find any Russian vodka soon. Well, that's the problem. I've got like four bottles in my my garage, and I just have to drink it. I, I haven't gone buying it. I just have to drink it. It's already here, so it's not my fault. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, Sunday nights obviously is older, so that'll be the thing. The, the problem is Friday night. If I get on, I'm practicing V8, and I don't I don't want to. I need to do more of that during the day. But we'll see. Anyway, that's enough of me rambling on. That's been another podcast. We are week ten. We are two weeks away from. Uh, the end of the season or the week silly week 13 so uh, keep tight a lot of news coming your way very soon um, you can catch me at Locked On Lads uh, on Twitch Locked On Lads YT on YouTube Locked On Lads on Facebook uh, the LockedOnLads.com slash Discord you can come in and see me on we'll go in there 
that's where the Wilco part of it comes from. Um, but Wilco Shieldzone on Twitter as well. I've been I've tweeted like fifty tweets last night just randomly about everything from Married at First Sight to um the floods and politics and stuff like that. So uh check out the Twitter and and get on it. But uh till next week when the guest the, the host this time it seemed like it could be a Milo sandwich for Braden where Braden and the two Alexes are joining. Uh, there we go. And <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you next week. Bye now.